my buddy had worked on The Office for years. So I, I was a fan before I was on it in the late season. And he, my buddy was doing all the graphic design on the show. Like he's the one who came up with the Dunder Mifflin logo. Yeah, like, yeah. He did that. So he let me come in and gave me a tour like a year or two before. And I got to sit in Michael Scott's desk and everything. And then, uh, and then to get, then to be able to be on the show was this like unbelievable. It's as if I had won a contest. It's like this surreal thing. I'd imagine, you know, being a fan and then having the opportunity to tour it. And then suddenly you're there, you're in it. Like what a, what a unique perspective to have. Oh yeah. John Krasinski directed that episode. So I was, I had to like go, Hey John, am I allowed <laughs> to look in the camera? It was just like, really, it was really surreal. That's wild. That's wild. So, Merrick, one of the things that we talk about on the show is cannabis, and I'd love to know about your relationship with it. How did you get into it? I got into it super late, but all that stuff. Well, I, so I was very late to the weed thing, too. I think I had moved, it wasn't until I moved to L.A. I moved to L.A. around 30, and then I my first time smoking weed was with, uh, <laughs> I was with Sam. <laughs> Oh, Zach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't let your followers tell anybody else, um, your listeners. But it was like I just happened. I went to a house church for a while. Yeah, I was still like checking out churches. I hadn't fully left the faith, and so I ended up going to this tiny little house church where there was a like a Bible study. Kind of this intense guy leading the Bible study, Jeremy. But I met in his house, and so one time he's like, I was hanging out in his hot tub where he was like lived in the valley at the time, and he's like, "Do you want to hit this?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "What kind of crazy life am I living in his hot tub with a celebrity?" Was there My still like in LA. was was there still like that like feeling of like um, I don't know like that Christian guilt of like oh my gosh I really am going down the wrong path? <laughs> oh no, it was. Um, the real sense of freedom oh, now that nice. I had, was outside of the church and I was meeting other kinds of Christians who didn't like, didn't come from the evangelical bubble I did, or like they were doing it the cool way. So, so I, my first time smoking was, I didn't know what I was doing. I took a big hit and then I coughed for like 20 minutes <laughs> and he, the whole time he had bad neighbors who would always complain. So he was like, Shh, dude, you gotta be quiet. And I was like trying to be cool and not cough like in a hot tub and i just he just kept getting more stressed out and i started getting more stressed out so yeah getting in a weed late in life uh i was struck by how all of us i was like why is this wh what is this feeling i have why do i think differently why do i talk differently and then i when, realized when like, you're oh, on weed when, is when you're using it you mean yeah it, yeah because weed is this superpower that helps you like hear your thoughts. Hmm. Every thought you have normally in everyday life, the thoughts pop into our head and our brain kind of filters them out. We're never too aware of any one thought at any one time. It's got to be a really special thought for it to capture our imagination. We just have like 10,000 things running through our brains. Weed cranks the dial of importancy up on every thought. So every thought like unique, and you fully experience it. That's why, like, you get munchies because you can fixate on like how good it tastes. Yeah. Or like, weed is so good. Oftentimes, you it can go too far, and you start getting freaked out because your thoughts become too intense. But it helped me really hear my thoughts for the first time, and helped me like understand this like these these 
phrases and feelings that were like shoved into my head through myself subconscious. And then that helped me navigate um, my thoughts much better and hear them better. But yeah, sometimes in the morning, I don't need to be <laughs> right. Right. You know, <laughs> you know, I really I, relate I to, to that. Every thought be that loud. Right. What's right. That? I said, I, I really relate to that. Uh, that cannabis allowed you to hear your thoughts. Listeners, hi friends, thank you for, for tuning in. I'm speaking with Barrick Hardley. You may know Barrick from TikTok. That's where I really, really got into him. But the first time I saw Barrick was on The Office where he played Gideon, a PhD candidate who was studying, what was it, Barrick? The blue collar worker or something. It's the something, the blue collar warehouse. I don't know, it, but it's it, it's the episode where the entire warehouse crew quits because they win the lottery and Andy has to hire new people. This is who I'm speaking to. Go check him out at barrackhardly.com. I really related to what you were saying with that the cannabis helped you hear your thoughts. I'm an alcoholic and I, I've been sober for about three years. And I, I always say that I used alcohol to like hide and suppress these feelings and thoughts that I always had. And when I started using cannabis, it, like it says to me, let's get into this shit so we can get out of it. And so it, I totally get that where it's like, okay, yeah, you have the energy, the attention span, the focus to actually think your own thoughts and hear and feel them. And, and so I totally get that. And there's another connection too, where I had to come up with a mantra because with weed, people describe paranoia, right? I get really paranoid. And that's because weed is making every thought so loud. So when that, if that's nice, if you're like feeling good, and your thoughts are about like tasty food or really hearing music or you get a fun idea or whatever it is, that's great. But as soon as it starts getting the negative side, well, then your brain is focusing on that. So I had to get a mantra of I'm just here for a nice time. Hmm. So whenever I'd smoke weed and be like, I'd smoke it so I would have a nice time. Right. So I'd be like, I just want to feel a little groovier. Then I'd catch myself 15 minutes having spent all this money to make myself feel a certain way and put myself in a groovy situation and surround myself with things I like. I would be having a bad time, even though I was like living the dream. I went, oh, I'm just here for a nice time. I'd say that to myself. And it helped kind of reset my situation. Whatever the hang up thing I was fixated on, I let that go and it helped me be present in the cool shit that was going on. And now ever since then, I've been trying to like, oh, that kind of works in every situation, whether weed or not is involved. Like, oh, I used to have a really bad attitude a few years ago being an actor. I had just been like doing it for so long and playing the game and I had, was having success booking commercials. So those weren't like novel or new to me anymore. It just felt like work. And I had a really bad attitude. Yeah, I got caught up in all the like the shitty things. And then I was like, oh, I'm just here for a nice time. And now when I go on set, like I, I get to do, like I just did this cookie commercial where I got to hang out with Michael Buffer, the let's get ready to rumble guy. <laughs> That's like, awesome. Oh, at one time I would be tempted to just like, be upset at how the AD talked to me or why are they wasting my time standing here or, or getting a little frustrated. And then this, now I realize like, oh, it is, it is a choice whether or not I'm going to have a nice time at any given point. You know, the first few episodes of this show, what we really, really talked about and focused on was intention and how intentional use of cannabis is really key to unlock what cannabis can really do for somebody. You know, if somebody just uses cannabis and is like, I, I talk a lot about how don't make cannabis the experience, make cannabis the thing that enhances 
enhances the experience. So almost every time that I use, I will pause and think and go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to talk to Barrick. I know that I can usually pay attention when I, a little bit better when I have just a little low level high. So I'm setting an intention that I'm going to get just a little bit high before this so that this conversation can go a lot better. When, when you use in that kind of way, no matter what, if it's cannabis or if it's like mm -hmm. you're saying, just going into an experience, if you set the intention ahead of time, life is way better. Things are way smoother, at least for me. I realized I would say maybe you do this too life is a mixture of good things and bad things it's the yin and the yang and and this ha i grew up very depressed i i would always fixate on the shit that wasn't going right in my life or ways i was slighted or friends that didn't like me as much as i liked them or girls that didn't like me back or like the the failures and struggles in my life and so i'd go oh today was bad i had a lot of bad feelings oh, well, tomorrow's a new day. But then the next day I would have those same feelings because that's what fucking life is. I just did that every day though. Every day I would just focus on kind of the bummer things. And then every day I went, oh, bad day. The next day, a bad day. And then I looked back and I went, oh, you tell me I didn't enjoy a single day of my 30s? <laughs> that's not fucking true because I did. Right. I've just been mentally, every time someone would ask me, how you doing? I go, I think about my problems. I go, and now I'm realizing, oh, you know, I have 90% of my problems. It's the same thing. Like I like making art. So I make art, but I, I, I like being good at making art, which means I'm always making it too hard on myself. I give myself giant challenges. I'm going to fail because that's what's exciting. And, and you know, it's like you put a, you put, you want to play an interesting video game. You crank that level up, but if you crank it up too high, you have a bad time. <laughs> so I was like, oh, the very reasons I'm having a bad day are the things I'm excited about. I'm having a bad day creating, but I'm an artist. I spent all day creating. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, uh, um, it's all kind of related in my head of, of I, can't, I can't be pouting. I can't live my life unintentionally, letting emotions just happen to me. And then letting them, letting those dictate my life. You can't be a victim to your circumstances. That's something I've had to learn several times throughout my life. The biggest lesson I've ever learned, I, in 2019, I was diagnosed with diabetes in December, right before the pandemic hit. I was 300 pounds and I was drinking a 12 pack of PBR tall boys every day. I was drinking over uh, 8,000 calories in, in Dr. Pepper every week. So I was just, I, I was a guy who was just like, oh, well, I'm overweight and not active because you know life circumstances made me this way. And then I got diabetes and health became a priority. And it taught me like, oh no, like you have just allowed yourself to be a victim. And I don't mean that there's like some negative connotation, like there's like some crime connotation to that. I just mean I was a puppet. Maybe that's a better word. I viewed myself as a puppet that life just did whatever it wanted to. Mm -hmm. And it honestly took diabetes at age 32 for me to go, oh, no, I have to be an active participant in the life that I would want to have if I am going to get it. It, it was like mind-blowing and opening for me. Yeah, I didn't have such a significant and impressive uh, changes uh, weight loss is you, but I, I, yeah, I dropped like 45 pounds over the pandemic. Similar, kind of similar thing too, where, you know, I remember very specifically this one moment, like I had 
just because I had started changing some little things. I'd stopped drinking like sh- I, I had stopped keeping two liters of Coke in my fridge and started drinking Diet Coke. I, I started walking a little bit, you know, I uh, and I was like, oh, I like Coke Zero. That's an easy switch. Oh, I walk at sunset. That's the nicest part of my day. So I started making these little changes. And then one day I caught myself in the mirror, having never liked my body once, having just like I was, I didn't like how I looked. I tried to hide myself as much as I could. I And then one day in the mirror, I went, oh shit, I could see like an, a single ab taking shape. <laughs> and I went, it's going to sound so corny. It, it won't sound corny though, because I experienced that. So maybe, maybe to people listening, but like, I, I, I feel exactly what you're about to say. So go for it. All right. I thought to myself, oh, I can be sexy, which is a very funny thing to say on a podcast. No. For a middle-aged man. <laughs> but for the first time in my life, I thought, oh, this isn't for other people. <laughs> like, oh, I can be the things I wanted. Like, um, if I have certain privilege in life, I might as well enjoy those privileges. Yeah. Acknowledge them. Fucking for sure acknowledge. I have all my body works. Like, I feel good during the day. That is a privilege. Oh, well, as long as, like, I have that, I should use it and enjoy it. Finding the privileges you have in life and, like, what is the point of having them if you're not going <laughs> to use them? I. I don't have kids. That's a privilege. I can like afford to spend my time and money in on creative pursuits. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, as as somebody who's about that, to be a dad for the first time, I totally get wow. I, I am I am very much dreading how much uh time and money I'm gonna have to take away from podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh so speaking this is of be last, last podcast <laughs> right. when you get having a baby. February. We we tried for five years and completely gave up in January of this year. And then in March, uh, some huge life change happened. We moved out of Wisconsin and moved to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Uh, so we live in the Rocky Mountain, like like Ooh, in the Rocky Mountains. That's a beautiful town. Yeah. And within a month, she was pregnant. And so it was like, we like to say it was the magic of the mountains because we, we honestly, we had completely given up hope of it ever happening. So it was just... Wow. A crazy thing. I, I loved while you were talking, it was reminding me of the video that really made me reach out to you. And, and I love that video. I actually, I go back and watch it maybe once a week because it helps me remember what I'm trying to do creatively. It's this TikTok video where you talk about layering different skies. And I think you start by saying, do you want to know the secret? Here's, here's the secret that I've been following. Yeah. I'd love for you to just kind of talk about that and, and what you meant. I'm purposefully not describing it too much to kind of give you the floor to maybe uh, go a little more in depth than you were able to on TikTok. Yeah. You know, what's kind of cool about my journey is, I, I mean, having been raised Christian and then I was a preacher. I loved that. I loved those years of my life because I used to understand what truth was. You know, capital T truth. What's true? I got to, I had a book called the Bible, which was this magical book where every word in it was true because God said it. And so well, well, to be clear, to be clear, a group of men in Nice got together and said God said it. But yes, you you, you I know what you're saying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, the point of, you know, 
I used to have this truth. So I, if ever I wanted to encourage people or like I, as a preacher, I would, um, I'd write my own sermons. I'd work on them all week. I'd go and like research the text and then figure out what it said and then go, what does it mean? What does it mean to me? How do I illustrate it? How do I do this as creative as possible? How do I encourage people? Is this bullshit? Is it real? I get to like go through this struggle every week. And then when I stopped believing in God, when that all fell apart for me and I went, oh, I, this is not a magic book. I don't know what truth is anymore. I lost this really, like I lost one of my favorite parts of me. Like I felt like getting to preach unlocked like this really noble voice that wanted to help people. It's a, and I was like, I like being that person. And now that I've been like thinking about creativity and how I create and what's special about me, is anything special about me? Like, it's just helped me. Uh, I feel like I've gotten a new thing to talk about, a new thing, like a new way to be wholesome and helpful to people is like, let's just talk creativity. A new gospel, I, I if, you, the, if, if you were, if you, if yeah. you would, a new gospel. Yeah. I, I always say that cannabis became my new gospel. Yeah. So now I found myself over the pandemic going like, what am I doing? Where am I going? I'm in my 40s. Uh, I stopped, uh, like no one would hire me to act. I lost all my money. And my, I, I thought my whole life, I feel like I've never been able to go in one direction creatively. Hmm. One way I'm a pastor, you go another way, I'm an artist. And even as artists, what does that mean? Oh, am I going to spend my time drawing in a certain style, a certain character? Is th That's the way you get successful. But no, I wanted to draw everything. And then I wanted to sculpt, not just one style. I want to try every style. And then I want to paint. And then, you know what? I want to write, not just screenplays or short stories. I want to write fucking everything. And then you know what I mean? I'm just pulled in a thousand different directions. Is, it, is that overwhelming oh, on TikTok? What's that? I said, is that overwhelming? Because like, I, I very much relate to that. And then I think that that's a lot, a source of a lot of my depression is because it's like, okay, well, yeah, these are all great ideas. And I want to do all of those things. So then I try and then it's just so overwhelming that it crashes and then I get depressed. So is it overwhelming like that for you to be like that, to want to grasp at right. all these different yeah, directions. Yeah, of course it is. And it makes you feel like a failure because I look at my life and I go, maybe if I had just stuck with one of these, I could be successful. I would own a home. But at the same time, I'd be fucking miserable. Do I want to be an actor for my career? No, not really. I think it's boring and shallow. <laughs> it's, it's fun and interesting, but I want to explore. That's who I am. And so... If you can imagine, like, it's like the spokes on a bike wheel. All I'm being pulled in 20 different directions. Great illustration. And I thought, oh, shit, this is not the way to look at this. These are all coming from the same point. And I traced them back in to the spoke. And I went, oh, what does me wanting to preach? What is me wanting to do the, uh, all the art forms? What does that mean? Where's the value in that? Because when all those places connect, that's me at my most special. Hmm. That's me at my truest. Like, that's the place I should be investing in. By the way, and that's in the video I was saying, like, that when you find those places where everything you like and are good at and care about and make you a good person, and the places where those intersect in your lives, like, that's where you're truly the most remarkable. Because am I, think of all the fields I try to do. Am I the best actor? Well, no. That would be Mr. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Am 
I going to be the best artist? No, man. Uh, there's a six-year-old in China that's probably the greatest artist in the world. You know, the, you're never going to be the best at anything. Right. You're never going to be special, except in places where you where you find what you love and are good at, where those intersect. And right. so, yeah. And the, and then part of that video was, oh, now I know the direction to go in, but also that doesn't exist in life. I've just <laughs> made up this weird thing, and now I and now I my great st struggle is convincing people that that is true. That like. Oh, I'm I'm a good speaker and I'm a good performer and comedian and artist. If I cram those together, I become a cool art coach on TikTok or something. But it, you know, you gotta invent it. It doesn't exist, and nobody's gonna understand it and and help you with it until you do until you figure out what all those things and you start shaping that idea yourself. For me, I often get caught up in this trap of, I think I have great ideas. Every day I have another great idea for a podcast that would work. That if if only somebody else who has more money than I <laughs> would, would throw some money, right? Things like that. Yeah. And it took me a long time to realize nobody is going to just hand it to you. Your idea might be great. It might be great enough for somebody to invest in. But if you do not put in the work to show them how great it could be, they will not just hand it to you. You There is always work involved. I think there's a misconception, a little bit of a lie that all creative people believe to a certain extent for a while. And it's that if I'm creative enough, if if I come up with the, the good thing that I'm trying to come up with, the perfect match, I won't have to work. That's what the creative you know, career is all about, not having to work. And it's like, no, if you're choosing creative, you're going to have to work way harder. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you feel about that, if, yeah. if, you th if, you, if that resonates at all. Yeah, but it, I think ideally you can wrangle it to be the thing you do anyways. You know, I find myself just doing create. I'm the same way. I come up with a creative project. I come up with a new movie idea or TV show idea every day. Yep. And then I come up with new business ideas. And then I come up with new ideas for myself and new merch. Oh my God. I can't, I realized yesterday, last night, like I should be starting my own AI animation studio, which is a huge thing to say out loud. That is a huge project. But yeah. That's just like, oh, I think I know how to do that. Okay, great. I got to put that on my plate now. <laughs> Just gonna casually do that along with the movie I started writing this week and the uh, the bio I've been writing myself because I want to become an art coach. I think that sounds fun. Yeah, it's all work, but you know, here here's here's the metaphor I think that shows what I mean with like the good and the bad, and the, and the bad only exists because of the good. The yin yang Buddhism of this shit is like think of an explorer. What's a good explorer that didn't do a bunch of genocide? <laughs> Like Neil Armstrong. There you go. We'll say Neil Armstrong. He didn't kill anybody in space. That we know of. That we know of. Explorers are so valuable. They're interesting people. Like they go out into the world and they look around and they use all their skills. And then they come back and they tell us what's out there. They make the maps. That's so valuable for us. Oh, man. That is, that hit me in a really deep way man like that was that was powerful oh, shit. i didn't even hit the deep part yet <laughs> well for someone like me who i imagine a lot of people barrick feel this i have always felt like a wanderer when it comes to my creative pursuits and what i want for a career it feels like i'm just wandering around and then we'll bump into people 
and and they'll be like, oh, wow, that's a really cool thing that you happen to wander into, but you are reshaping the way my perspective on it. I'm not a wanderer anymore. I'm an explorer and I'm not mm. just bumping into people. I'm coming back to them with what I've discovered on my exploration. That gives it value. There's no, there's no value in a wanderer. There's just none. But if you're an explorer, there's intrinsic value. Hi, friends. Just Adam checking in here real quick. Hey, be sure to go down to the show notes and check out all of Barrick's links down there. There's links to his social media accounts, his website. Go to his website and check out his merch. He's got some really cool stuff there for you to purchase and then use in your daily life. It's all really creative, awesome stuff. Another thing I wanted to tell you about is you can support the show on Patreon. If you like the show and you're getting something out of it, your support would mean the world to us. You can go there at patreon.com slash mortarboxmedia. Any support we get there helps us to create this show and more shows. And then if you want to check out our social media, it's also linked down below in the show notes along with our Patreon. But on Instagram, you can find us at HiFriendsPod and on TikTok, it's Hi.Friends. All right, here's back to me and Barrick. And now you're coming back with a gift to give. An explorer can go out and like experience it and put, write it in his journal and come back and hold on to it or her journal. Or, or you, each person you meet, you can go, oh, you can share what you learned and go like, oh, let, let me fill out your map for you. Let mm. me show you some more possibilities and areas you didn't know exist. So now you can like, you can help other people. I think a lot of creative people like you and I struggle to even think there's value. There's there's personal value. But what we're talking about right now, for me at least, it goes, oh no, this is worth money. You're an explorer. You know, people, maybe they, maybe explorers didn't get paid well all the time, but like they were celebrated. Like, you have value. I just feel like a lot of times creative people are looking for the excuse that somebody would need to, to value their art or their creative pursuits in that monetary way. And I really, for me at least, honestly, this explorer allegory here, that's really helping give me value outside of just I, I love the personal creative pursuit. Oh, cool. Well, great. Keep that in mind. I'm glad you liked it. Because here's the downside of being. Oh, shit. <laughs> is one, you're going to come back and you're going to try to communicate the things that you've seen and they're not going to get it. And you're going to go, oh, my God, I, you know, <laughs> those old explorers in the past would come back and go like, I have found a city made of gold. <laughs> right. And they had to convince people. That's very frustrating for me as an artist. I'm sure you, too to come up with really good ideas yeah. that I consider good ideas and then not have people respond to it. That's hard. That's a challenge. Explorers feel shitty because of the weight of what they found. Also, explorers feel shitty because at their core, the thing that makes them an explorer makes them bad at certain things. So if you're an astronaut, guess what? You're a shitty parent. <laughs> you know what I mean? That um, you're going to be going Every explorer has beat themselves up to go, why can I not just stay home with my family? Yeah. Why do I have to leave the comfort of my friends and family and go off? And they beat themselves up because they feel like, oh, I'm missing something important that other people have, you know? Yeah. And so whatever it is that makes you great and interesting also comes with like these inherited problems. And if you only fixate on the problems, it's not fun at all. 
But if you just see the problems as going like, oh, this is just a natural part. Like the other day, I, I was like really spiraling. I was like, what? Am I a fool for like pursuing the arts? Am I ever going to make money? Am I just an idiot? And I spent all day feeling terrible. But I knew, I mean, that used to send me to a tailspin for a month. But now I knew, oh, this is just how I feel sometimes. It's like when I get hangry, hmm. I get cranky when I'm hungry. And like this too shall pass. And it made the whole experience, the whole bad part of it shorter. It still was painful, but it made it shorter and bearable. You know what I mean? Yeah. The last two or three episodes that, that, we've, that I've done, it's just, it's been like looking into a mirror. <laughs> As I've allowed guests to talk and talk about creative pursuits or talk about mental health struggles and things like that, it's just been like, man, I don't know if anybody else is getting anything out of this show, but I am like finding a community. I, I'm finding out I'm not alone in all of these horrible thoughts mm -hmm. about my creativity and about myself. And I have to imagine I'm not alone. I have to imagine there's a whole, I said to Chris Gad on the last episode, we're going to find a whole generation of people like you, like me, like him, who are at a little bit later in life are just like, oh, oh, like this is how I'm supposed to do the things I want to be doing. And it's honestly, it's kind of weird because it seems like it's because of TikTok, you know, yeah. like TikTok is like awakening people in a way that is very strange. And yeah, TikTok has been, I had stayed off of it for so long being an old man. And then everybody been telling me for years, you got to get on there. Same. I was like, listen, social media always makes me feel bad. I post all my work on Instagram for the past 10 years and I, and everybody, and I don't get any response. I haven't, I, I didn't get any new followers in 10 years. So like, it made me feel like a piece of shit as an artist. Like I create, cause I like to create, but God damn, do I need some compliments once in a Absolutely. while? Absolutely. Validation. <laughs> and then it, and then like I tried TikTok as it was my new year's Eve, my new year's resolution. And then I couldn't believe like what a positive space it was. And then I, I thought like, oh, I don't want to be looking at teenagers dancing. And then, but I started scrolling through and I went like, oh, these are people uh, who are like pursuing interesting things with their life. Yep. Things that they think are interesting. And I find them interesting. And you just go like, and, and like, oh, here's a guy who cleans headstones. Here's a woman who's dying. Here's someone who's really into crystals. Here's somebody who like dives into old sewers. And you know, and you're like, oh, it's cool to see so many people out there with the same drives I do, but but in their own specific worlds. Right. I always tell people, I write a same kind of thing. It wasn't necessarily a New Year's resolution, but it was New Year's Day 2021 that uh, I first got on TikTok. And my friend, we were visiting him in San Diego and he was just like, why don't, like, why are you not? He, he wasn't on TikTok and he's still not on TikTok. But he was like, I just know you and it would it is the kind of thing that you would like and you would get something out of. And like I had same thing where I was like, I don't want to look at teenagers dancing. <laughs> and now that it's become honestly, it's it's replaced Reddit when I when I need to find something to feel good or if I want to learn something, I go to TikTok. When I try to get new people into it, their struggle is always, they're like, yeah, I tried it once and it was awful. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's awful for everybody the first time because TikTok is just throwing fucking everything at you. But you, yeah, you yeah. have to interact with it for it to get good. I, I'm just like, please give it a week. Just go on it for 20 minutes once a day for a week and like the videos that you like. 
disregard the ones you don't. And suddenly you will start learning. You will start seeing beautiful things that you're passionate about. It, it's scary how good TikTok is at that. And I wonder from your end as a creator on it, how often are you thinking about reaching a specific audience or is it more dominated by I'm just going to do what I'm passionate about and my people will find me. Oh, yeah, that's the great battle, right? I mean, I get really disgusted with it because I was like, the algorithm doesn't like me or like, why is it? Yeah, I, I put just for fun in life, like I found this lamp in a hoarder house and I made it really, I think, really cool and colorful. And I'd never seen anything like it. And then you I made two videos about it. I tried to I tried to make it as TikTok friendly as I could. And then those videos just tank. Mm. So I it. It's weird because I was doing this thing for me to feel good. But then by adding TikTok into it, it made it feel bad. Yeah. But then other times it's quite the opposite. So it's, I'm always, it's really an unsatisfying thing lately. But again, I'm trying to view that in, in the scope of the bigger thing. Like, oh, it's difficult because I make it difficult. Listen, you know how to make a podcast and you can pitch probably a hundred. You come up with podcast ideas all the time. I come up with TikTok ideas, account ideas all the time. Dude, that same. Would be big. Same. I'm just not interested in doing them every day. Dude, so what's your best one? It's too simple. Give me one of them and I'll give you my best one. Take an app called Reface and just take like old movie clips and uh, put new voices on them. Or take historical photos and do reface. That's an account, man. Like absolutely. I took that like famous Vietnam. It's awful. That famous Vietnam photo where like the the Vietnamese the South Vietnamese officer is shooting somebody in the head. It's like executing somebody. Yeah, in the I know street. exactly what you're talking about. And I just refaced it. And the guy <laughs> getting shot was going like, "Oh, brother, not again." <laughs> kind of funny. That's an account. But do I want to do that every day with my life? No. So I'm just constantly fucking myself over with the TikTok algorithm. I'm trying to reframe my brain, though, where it's like I have those ideas, too. One one TikTok idea I have, account idea, is called, in fact, I started it. It's called Should Have Been a Movie. You know, everybody's doing long-form TV, you know, it, it, like whether it's two seasons, one season's to, season to tell their story, because of Breaking Bad and shows like that. And it's just like not every single one of those needed to be broken down into 12 episodes. It should have been a movie. And I just want to do 60-second clips of just poking fun at that and be like, here's why this should have just been a movie. But I don't want to do it every day, and I don't want to do the work. But I'm trying to be like, with all of my creative pursuits, I'm trying to go, okay, so... So just do it when you're inspired. It's not your main thing, but when you find yourself thinking about it and you're like, oh, that's a great idea. Go back. So when I got diabetes, I came up with a mantra of try harder, do more. And I'm trying with my creative pursuits to remember that mantra of try harder. When, when you're suddenly passionate about something, try harder and then do more. Actually act on that passion. Why not with that account you're talking about? You don't got to do it every day. But if you're randomly thinking about it, record one real quick and throw it up. I think you're dead on. Ideally, I'd like to get to the next level, which is we're explorers, right? Yeah. We come back and we give our knowledge to other people. Like, I would love, uh, yeah, maybe I should just start making TikToks about make this TikTok account. <laughs> you know, give it, give our ideas to other people. I, I've noticed in, especially in LA, people really hoard their ideas. Yeah. We're all scared somebody is going to steal our ideas. But like, honestly, who actually makes shit? It's people who already have their own ideas. That's true. Like, let's 
give our ideas away. But but, but it's not even give. I appreciate the value of our ideas until they experience it for themselves. How good it is. You know what I mean? What are you saying? Yeah, that's true. I, I you you're uh, what you were saying. What you finished kind of decimated what I was thinking. I wanted to come back and say I'm an explorer. You're right. I came back with information that is valuable. This world values information, but you're totally right. They will not value that type of information until they experience it. It's hard. That's so... Yeah, I, I'm experiencing this. You wanted to talk a little about AI. This is... This, I'm experiencing this all with AI yep. because as an artist and filmmaker, I went out and spent the last four months in the AI generating world and saw what was there. And I got a vision for it. I went like, oh, this is all kind of interesting over here. This is bad. What's going on in this area? And then I saw the limitations of it. And then I saw the possibilities of it. And I went, oh, shit. There's this guy I follow on TikTok. This comedian's really great. And he did like fake AI. He's like, I fed, a, I fed the AI 10,000 hours of Hallmark Christmas movies. And it printed it out. Here's what it was. In reality, he didn't. He wrote this brilliant screenplay that sounded like an AI made it. And then he hired like Hong Kong animators to bring it to life and look wonky and put like weird music. And I was like, I can do this for real. Yeah. So I had a, I had the AI write a crazy screenplay. I edited it. I curated it. I looked for the images. I came up with the score. I had the AI make a score. I photoshopped everything. You know what I mean? I like did all this work and I went, Oh shit, the AI right now can make a, a movie, a oh, yeah. compelling movie. And I and I and I can do the fucking thing on my phone. And I'm trying to pitch this around LA, going like, I've come up with the first AI TV show, jumping up and down, and they're like, I don't get it. <laughs> or like, I've revolutionized the way people can do animation. And then I'm trying to flesh it out. And they still don't get the idea. People have like this severe lack of vision. Oh, that's the word, Barrett. So, that's the word. I was just speaking to my mentor like a week ago and I hesitated because we're talking about what I want to do for a career. And he's like, what are you good at? And I was talking about how I come up with the, these ideas. Same, same thing, by the way. I got into the AI about four months ago and have just been like, holy shit, like this is a game changer and this is a moneymaker, but nobody understands it. Nobody. And so he was talking to me about stuff and I said, I was like, man, I don't, I don't, this sounds so full of myself, but like the only word I can think of for like the type of person I am professionally is like, I am a visionary. Yeah. I have great ideas that other people then need to run with because I don't have the energy. I only have the energy to come up with this great idea and get you started. Yeah, I'm the same way. Look, I've I've realized all my skill set, drawing and comedy, writing, all this all this stuff is like the skills I have are not the thing I'm actually interested in. That's why I don't want to be an artist. I don't want to be an actor. Like that all seems like a trap to me because I'm a visionary. I, and the reason I have skills is because no one just trusts your vision. That's gonna be the bummer. You're gonna have to develop enough skills to sh to come up with a working. You're gonna have to give the idea, and they're gonna go, "I don't get it." So you're gonna go, "Fuck!" I'll make a prototype, and you'll show it, and they go, "That looks janky." So you're gonna learn a bunch more skills. To this is what I'm doing with an invention I'm working on. I'm doing the fourth and fifth and sixth prototype, and it's still not enough to capture people's imagination the way it has mine. So that's why we're like, we're just learning skills just to present our ideas.
And more only, I don't know if you're this way too, but I will only learn the skill to a degree, just enough to get a product that I'm happy with to be like, that's weird because like, I want a professional product, but at the same time, I don't want to waste the brain power and the time and the energy to learn exactly every skill to make it as professional as I oh, want. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I want it just good enough to have somebody who has no idea about it to go, that's amazing. So that they will put their money into it. <laughs> yeah. For 40 years, I've been trying to become a better artist to communicate my ideas. And now there's a thing called AI where I type some my ideas into it and it comes out way better than I could ever do it. And people say that's cheating. I don't give a fuck. I'm here for the end product. I have an idea. I'm going to take as many shortcuts as possible to see this. By the way, if you want some shortcuts, you know what the solution to this frustrating problem is nobody getting our vision? Finding people who like our vision. If you can find someone who believes in you, maybe they don't have like the skill sets you need to complete your vision. You know, like somebody means you go, I sure love you making movies. I don't have any filmmaking skills to help you. But like those people are so important because they get you, they get your vision and they trust you. Keep those people around and like, you need a support team. I, I just two weeks ago started trying to, again, reframe my brain about my creative pursuits and how it's. It's, it, you know, it's not like it's not a full time job that makes money all the time. And I, I'm, I'm exploring the idea of what it looks like in relation to supporting missionaries. You know, Patreon yeah, and, and things like that are sort of sort of that. And I'm wondering if I can connect to the people in my life who who have known me my whole life and would want to support me as a missionary. But I'm still trying to all of my creative pursuits are about connecting with people and getting other people connected to each other and building community. That's all this is. Yeah, it's a weed podcast, but really this has turned more into I love people and I want to know about them and I want to help other people yeah. know about them. Why is that not valuable to the same people? Is it it's just because it's there's no Jesus involved? But there is a similar vein of person, a, a, a somebody who supports the arts and it and, and thinking about it as missions work, I think has helped me figure out a way to talk to the people who would potentially support me. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think we're on the same page. It's, it's we're, we're seeing what we do as our ministry. And this is why I say, like, when you're looking at what, where, what you should you do with your life, you look at what you're good at and what you like doing. And those are sometimes the same thing. Sometimes, most times they're not. But then what makes you your best person? The best version of me is the one where like my ego is not in play and I'm helping other people like, oh, I'm so joyful. That gives me so much good energy yeah. and feelings. I don't, I'm not shitty. I'm not lying. I'm not trying to use people. I'm not trying to scam people. Like, Oh, if you can find that, then okay. And then what to bounce back to what you're saying is like, yeah, this is the new thing you should be spending your brain on. It sounds like this smart play of like, A, how can I use my platform to actually be more helpful to people? And then B, just as important as how do I spin this or frame this or communicate this using all my other skills? How do I communicate this to, to the people? Like you're saying, like, how do I get people to do that? I firmly believe that every, do you get so frustrated when you share your vision with people and then they'll go, no, they'll have like one issue with it. And you go, 
motherfucker, my vision isn't one idea for you to say yes or no to. My vision is a hundred different ideas and I've connected them all and it mm. makes sense to me. And that's why I'm bringing you this. For you to find like one little thing wrong in my plan shows, it feels like a betrayal to me because show me that problem. And it's like you, what you're saying. My problem is people don't understand what I'm trying to do here. That then, then lean into that. It is not the end point of what you're doing. It is the launching point to what's next. Like focus in on what's not working, you know, and then you're motivated. Then every choice you're making with your podcast is how am I communicating this? And the next time you think of podcast idea, you go, oh, wait, my podcast, how do I improve it? How can I be channeling? Oh, that, oh, in this area of my life, that can connect. Is that, is that, am I making sense? Absol or am I no, absolutely. I, you know, I, one thing that I recently started doing was I started getting really active on the subreddit for podcasting and I would critique a lot of shows and critiquing shows really helps me go, okay, well, how can I take that and put it into my show and go, you need to improve this now put it because it's really hard to look at your own work with that same uh, critical mm -hmm. eye, you know? Uh, but so what you're saying, like, I, I started doing that too, where I would come up with ideas for shows and it's like, well, I don't have the time or energy to do that. I just need to incorporate that into my show. I, you know, this is, this is a hard transition because my brain is- You know, is it's like, sorry, sorry. Like just, the, it's like take, when you have an idea, you don't know what to use with. It sounds like you take what you can from that idea for you. And then you fucking give the rest of the idea away, right? You yeah. let somebody else run with this if you want, because I feel like we as creators are surrounded by a bunch of people who don't feel of themselves as explorers and creators who are like, going, I can do the work. I don't have the vision. So, you know, that that's take what we can for us and then give the vision to people who, who are not that adept at that area. You're talking about when you share your vision with somebody and they get caught up on one problem in it. And they're like, no, because of that one problem. I find very often that I'm like, yeah, I've already considered that problem. It's not a problem because of the step that's going to happen six steps yeah. from now. And it is shocking to me that you do not have the forethought to see how that is actually going to be a benefit. So it's very clear that you're not the person for this project. That's the problem that I run into. Like, I'm always like, I need somebody like me who's a big picture person, but also has hammered out enough of the details in advance to go, oh, no, this is absolutely going to work. Yeah. Then it fall. Then I realize, oh, that falls back on me of once again, I have to communicate my idea and vision better, which means I need to understand it. Hmm. I need to like write it down. You almost need to give it an autopsy before you, before you like, you, you got to tear it apart, put it on the autopsy table and rip it apart. It's got to be dead almost before you can actually fully present it. You know, I was writing, I was writing down some thoughts on creating and I, I've always noticed like when you have an idea, like I said, it's, an idea is never one thought. It's like a bunch of thoughts you've had before suddenly connected. Hmm. And when we have an idea, it feels like it pops out of nowhere instantaneously in our head. And then we'll tell somebody, all right, but that's not what happened. If you were to like slow down your thought, you could see the mental jumps your brain took to build this idea. And those building blocks might be even more valuable than the last version of the idea mm -hmm. you had, where you go like, 
if you can write down and break down your, how you came to that idea. That's the much more important show you thing. Why your idea yeah. is good. And it'll show you if somebody has a problem with some little detail, you go, well, I still know what's important. I still know why this idea is good. I, absolutely. And Beric, I, I want to be mindful of your time. So we, we can definitely wrap up, but I, let me just extend an invitation. I loved talking with you. Anytime that you want to come on and you're just like, hey, I've got a creative thing that I just want to talk out. I'd love to you, you open invitation. You can always email me, but let's be sure. Let's give you some plugs here. Let's tell people where they can find you. Uh, what's your TikTok, your Instagram? Where should people go to find Barrick Hardly? Everything's my hardest spell name. It's Barrick Hardly uh, and TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and BearCardly.com. I got a bunch of art you can buy. I'm trying to, I'm starting to get some merch out there. Be sure to go check out Barrick's socials, uh, his TikTok, his Instagram, his Twitter. All of those are linked in the show notes. If you just go over there, you can also go to his website. Again, linked in the show notes. He's got some great merch. I don't. He's underselling himself. He's got some really cool stuff available on his website. I, I'm going to put out a challenge. If you are creative at all and you're craving support through your creative endeavors, you need to go make a purchase at Barrick's website. I am going to do that. I am going to go find something uh, that maybe I'll give to my son when he's born. And I am going to go buy it. You can go check out our Instagram or our TikTok. It's High Friends Pod on Instagram and Hi.Friends on TikTok. Uh, I will show what I'm getting from Barrick and, and it'll be good. Barrick, is there anything else that you want listeners to know? Is there anything else we got to touch on before we go? I could just keep talking and talking and talking, but... Uh... Yeah, it was a nice conversation with you. I'm glad we did this. Thank, thank you so much for coming on. Listeners, again, there's that challenge. Go to his website, pick out some things, go get them, and be sure to follow him on his socials. Tune in next episode, not next week, two weeks from now. Chris Gadd is coming back. We're having another conversation about autism and uh, whether or not I am actually going to go in and get a diagnosis. So be sure to check that out. Thanks for listening. Hi Friends is a production of Mortarbox Media. What'd you think of that episode? So you're like a conquistador now? An explorer. If anything, I'd be like Leif Erikson. I'm Norwegian. Yeah, uh, you keep telling yourself that, Leif. Time to